Hello, everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. As always, I am your co-host, Michael, and I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. And today we're going to be talking about Spider-Man comics from December of 1983. That's right. And to celebrate, we have a returning guest. Say hello, returning guest. Hello. G.I. Jolie, co-producer of the Comic Book Syndicate. How you doing, just, Jolie? You know, just hanging out in the corners, waiting for my moment to skulk in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should also point out that we recently found out we're available on iHeartRadio. Right, iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. Yes. In addition to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, as well as you know, you could find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Right. All under yeah, here comes the Spidercast. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much anywhere you could find podcasts, you could find us. That's right. And now you don't have to search Comic Book Syndicate. Uh, Unless you want to listen to Flea Market Fantasy, you just have to search Here Comes the Spider-Cast. That's right. And we will be. That's right. Yes, we've made the big time. (laughs) (sighs) So, yeah, we've been at it for almost a year, and we cover different uh, chronological, usually chronological, uh, sampling of Spidey comics. Usually we cover one month of Spider-Man comics in one episode. This month we are up to December 1983. And we are going to start with Amazing Spider-Man number 247. And this one is written and drawn by the regular team of Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. We've got an awesome cover of a a shadow or a silhouette of Spider-Man cast over a gang of hooligans who are planning out some caper, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We we got this uh, awesome story continuing the subplot of Nose Norton. Uh, So Spider-Man is... um, Trying to get information out of Nose Norton about Lefty Donovan, who in a previous story was set up um, as kind of a, a, a fall guy for the Hobgoblin. So a lot of people think that he was the Hobgoblin, but Spider-Man knows better. So he's trying to find out more information, but he can't get it out of Nose Norton. But Nose Norton, once Spider-Man leaves, he's got this secret case uh, underneath his bed. And he's like, oh, if, he fa- if Spider-Man ever found out what's in here, it could ruin everything. But we don't know what it is yet. So uh, Spidey goes back to business and, you know, once again, for I think the third or fourth time, he is forced into a a double date with Mary Jane Watson. So everyone's trying to get him back together with his ex-girlfriend, but it doesn't work this time. So anyway, so so then Spidey follows Nose Norton to the secret rendezvous, which we'll get more into later because it's a really cool setup. And uh, Nose Norton meets up with some, again, some criminals, the same ones that are pictured on the cover. And then, you know, Spider-Man does his thing. He sets up his camera. He's taking pictures. And then he starts fighting these guys. And he's doing a pretty good job until, <laughs> until uh, what's his name? Is it, yeah, Frog? Frog? Yeah, Leapfrog or Frogman. Frog yeah, I think he's called mm-hmm. Frogman this time, at this point. But he kind of jumps in and intervenes and ruins everything. So the bad guys end up getting away. So Spider-Man gives him a little, little lecture. And then... Um, tries to track him down, and then Spider-Man uh, develops his pictures, and he realizes that the map that these hooligans were looking at is a map of Long Island. So at least he's got a he's got like a little bit of a clue now. So then we cut over to the bad guys, and they've got the case that Nose Norton had at the beginning of the story, which I thought maybe was going to be like a trombone or something, but it's this big laser gun, and they're using it because they're going to sabotage a train that's going by. The, the, the train passes by them, and uh, they end up shooting it. Or is it the train or is it the – it's a van, an armored van. Sorry. The, the, yeah. So they shoot the armored yeah, the, van. They're sit- I think they're on the train. Um, tracks? Tracks, they're hiding like in the bushes. That. Right, 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 right. And Spider-Man's on the train. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so then they shoot the thing and then they uh, – oh, they so they shoot the truck. They break through and they – get out this box and basically we find out that the one guy in the group has kind of suckered all the other guys it's not really what they thought it was they thought that they were uh, getting a gold shipment but no it's actually it turns out it is the it's thunderball from the wrecking crew so if anyone remembers the wrecker and the wrecking crew they each have their own um individual i think they're magical weapons 
And Thunderball usually just has a ball and chain, but in this story, he's managed to get the crowbar that the Wrecker uses as well as his ball and chain. And so now he's on his own, and he's got both weapons, and he's ready to kick some ass. So at the end of the story, we get this big giant splash page. Splash page. Nothing can stop Thunderball, and then that's it. Needless to say, yeah. continued next issue. So yeah, I thought this was once again a great chapter in the ongoing Spidey saga by Roger Stern and uh, John Romita Jr. Uh, G.I. Julie, uh, what did you think of this issue? Oh yeah, it was great. Um, it's just, you know, packed with adventure. I liked uh, the one thing that I always wondered about when I was playing the Spider-Man video games like in the early 2000s mm. was when you get out into those rural areas, it doesn't make sense um, for him to be like whipping around. Mm-hmm. So when he takes the train, he acknowledges it. He's like, you know, there aren't any big buildings for me to swing around from. And this sucks. I have to take the train to get out to where these bad guys are like right. hiding in right. the ditch beside the freeway. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I also, it, you know what? the whole issue itself, it wasn't like, I guess I'm just so used to them being terrible that in comparison, it was like pretty tight. Well, you're used to Marvel Team Up being terrible. I'm assuming you're not right. used to Amazing being terrible, right? Mm, I'm not used to being like super impressed by Amazing. Ah. I've never really like really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, and I guess I just don't. Maybe I just don't get why there has to be so many titles. But it, compared to the other three that we look at, it is definitely the best one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it contains the best stories. But of the stories that I've read so far. No, it's not so bad. Like though, there's just something about the the way that the his his um his personal Peter Parker drama kind of like slides into his Spidey drama, and it's like, right. written. The pacing is just like perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, I agree with that. Uh, Joshua Marvell, what do you think? Yeah, I think that I agree. The pacing is is really well done. Um, I really like that they don't have to like always like jump into like fisticuffs with spider-man i feel like right. amazing they've been able to kind of take it a little bit slow sometimes uh they give him a little bit of detective work so instead of just like jumping in and like beating up a guy to start off the action he's interrogating somebody trying right. to get some information to kind of solve this ongoing mystery that's going on and i really love that side of of things um right I do, again some of the other issues we'll be talking about later where they're they just kind of like throw fist to throw fist so there's some action in there um and then after that it kind of gets a little bit slow again we see peter like going on the date and then it picks up when he um finds the goons in the warehouse but then leapfrog shows up and then he's got to kind of slow down to lecture him and then like it's just it's really well paced and you have ups and downs it's not just like high octane the entire time because yep. it's a comic book and we need people to read it and be interested like <laughs> right, they're, letting, right, right. they're letting the story be the interesting part in the comic and i love that well yeah and it's um you know it's all about peaks and valleys in a good story right like in a mm-hmm. crappy story like a michael bay film it's all peaks but in a good <laughs> right. action film it's peaks and valleys and that's what this has and you know it's like we always say i've never read a masterpiece uh, from Roger Stern, but they're always good, and the pacing's always good, and the he always balances the action with the supporting cast, with the the you know the the intrigue of of the bad guys sneaking around. Like he just does it just exactly right. And I also want to talk about the art in this issue. Um, it's inked by John Romita Senior, the info or the famous John Romita Senior. So the art is a step up from usual. It's always good, but being inked by probably the most you know his art is the most beautiful at marvel john Romita senior and so this looks like a classic silver age comic but yet it still has the usual john Romita jr excellent storytelling i want to point out digital page uh 10 i love this page this uh, the top three panels where we have nose norton he's trying to get into this you know the back uh door of this warehouse and at the top we see this broken window uh, nothing else there. In the second panel, we see Spider-Man crawl into the frame, and in the third panel, he crawls into the window. And mm-hmm. it's just, I love stuff like that, right? Like, 
it's just excellent. Just those little details. You don't need to explain what's going on. You don't need a thought bubble. You can just enjoy it on your own. And I think that for that reason, the art in this one's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, e- even like a few pages later, there's uh, a really, it's on original uh, 12. Uh, okay. There's a moment where Spider-Man's standing there. There's two goons like running up behind him and he kind of like punches to the side without looking. And like, yeah, yeah, like the, the framing doesn't change, but it's just like a small action piece, and they're really long panels, right? Um, and so that's really fun. And then later on, um, after he is after he's done giving Leapfrog the like lecture on original 16, um, he's like jumping up and like climbing up a building and like jumping up these uh scaffoldings, right? And uh, like jumping up and falling down and the the panels are really tall and they take up the entire page like the length of the the page Mm -hmm. um and they're just really fun uh to be able to kind of like tell the story through interesting panels right when it's not super something super interesting happening but it's still like dynamic and you can kind of see the action and how everything's playing out well even on that same page you're talking about uh original page 16 just look at you've got a it's really you know, a bunch of unusual panels, but they're really super skinny panels. But mm-hmm. you've got a medium shot of Spidey jumping. Then you've got an extreme long shot of, of where he's landing on these kind of mm-hmm. steel girders. Then you get an extreme close-up of Leapfrog or Frogman. Then you've got another mm-hmm. wide. And again, then you cut to the reverse of him at the bottom. Even just for the sake of variety, this is the way that you arrange a page, right? Not right. just like a, a lot of amateur artists will just show a series of extreme long shots. And it's just mm-hmm. so to look at like at least change your angles go up go down reverse sure. you know close-ups wide shots anyway yeah i love the art in this issue yeah you can really see that he's going up and down just with the shape of the uh shape of the panels and then the direction he's pointing like you can feel almost like a camera panning up and panning down right and then at the end of the page we have a panel that's completely still and it kind of like it breaks up the like, movement Right, it breaks up the movement and you can kind of feel a difference between Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Spider-Man is zipping up and down and he's kind of like this hero that everybody loves. Like a kid is like literally looking up to him as he's swinging across the city. And then we cut back to like the more uh, simple panels of him like doing the the detective work and uh, in the red room like, uh, uh, like developing his photos. It's yeah, it's really, really fun. Good point. Yeah, so obviously I recommend this issue. G.I. Julie, do you recommend this issue? No, not at all. (laughs) 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 No, I totally do. Um, Yeah. Uh, I recommend recommend you find it, you read it. It's so fun. Right. uh, Again, the art is just like, it's just so, it's clean. Everything's so tight. I love it. Right, right. Josh, I'm assuming you recommend this one. Oh yeah, for sure. This is yeah. a definite recommend. So we have a very special uh, guest today returning because you did join us for Quasar Quinology before. Uh, yes, this is uh, Monty. Hi, Monty. Yeah, this is Monty right here. All right. Sh- okay, so am I supposed to read my notes or just my honest opinion about the thing? Well, you know what? I think since you made such detailed notes, you can use your notes. So okay. we're going to start off with Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, number 247. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why don't you well, tell the, us... The yeah. Hobgoblin one, yeah. No, 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 not, not the Hobgoblin. The one with Spider-Man on the cover where he's like a shadow. Okay, I think I think I got the wrong one then. Okay. Oh, wait, did, wait, was that the other one that you sent me first? Yes, I sent you... Okay, I have notes for that. That's okay. good. Okay. <laughs> Get worried there for a sec. Okay, no problem, no problem. Got those. Okay, so I'm going to read these from the beginning. Okay. Like, because at the beginning, like, I think that that he was joking with the guy, that, like, he thought he could run from him, but he can't even run from him. Like, the, the fact that Spider-Man's joking with him, like, like, tapping him on the back of his head and saying, like, oh, uh, like uh, I'm over here, over here, or whatever. Like taunting him, like mm-hmm. like give like puts the thought in his head that he can like run away. I don't get it. He can't run away. Uh, well, I think he was trying to scare him, but then the guy ended up running away anyway, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> no. 
okay. I thought I thought that that was the wrong comic for a sec. No, it was the right comic. No, it's right. Yeah, but then you sent me the other one. Well, because there's three comics, right? There's, there's amazing. Three comics I only read two. No, it's okay. It's okay. I am stuck behind. <laughs> so there's Amazing Spider-Man, Marvel Team Up, and Spectacular Spider-Man. But that's okay. Let's mm -hmm. just Let's just keep talking about Amazing Spider-Man for a minute. Did you have any more notes for this one? Well, this one, I was still questioning because in every Spider-Man comic, not just Spider-Man comics, but every old, when was this made? Like, every comic just like this, with the same art style, same words, same whatnot, is always focusing more on the social life than the actual superhero action. I don't get it. So, are you saying you'd prefer if it was just a superhero action? Yeah, but like, like first he's like, I, I got something on this. Imagine asking your friend, what are you doing today? And him saying, oh, I'm going to escape convict's house and talking about a goblin and guitar case at 10. And then pretend I'm an alley inspector. And then I have to eat dinner with my aunt. <laughs> Imagine someone saying that to you. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the life of a superhero, isn't it? <laughs> yep, I guess. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't know I'm not a superhero. <laughs> true, this is true. But, um, okay, so now when you say the other comics like this, this is from the same era as the Quasar comics that, re that you reviewed, which is the yeah. 1980s, right? So that's a yeah. long time before you were born, right? Yeah. But have you read many comics that were published in the last few years? Well, yeah, because you gave me all these comics. I've been reading a lot of them. I read all every single Batman comic you gave me because I'm oh, a good. Batman guy. I can name almost every single Batman villain in the world. Okay. I basically can't stop when it comes to Batman villains. So how, how, would, how would you compare this comic to the Batman comics you read? In the well, I mean, because they use a lot of... A lot of, you know, fancy words like foes or destroy. Well, that destroy isn't really a fancy word, but like foe and stuff and, and what, whatnot. The newer comics use the same, but they use it in a bit more of a serious way. I mean, the ones from the 80s are like, I have to kill him with my super... Is that the door? I have to kill him with my super web shooter powered by, by this type of scientific fluid. I mean, you don't really need to know that much. So you think they're over-explaining everything? Yeah. Okay. I said it before, I'm saying it again. Oh, yeah? Ooh, okay. <laughs> now, what about the art in this issue? Did you like the art? I love the art. The art's awesome. Oh, that's good. Well, I'll, I'll have you know that the, there's two different artists. There's a, the guy who pencils it and the guy who inks it. And the one who inks it was the famous artist in the 1960s and 70s. So that's what gives it that kind of classic feel, you know. It looks like all the toys and posters that you see. But, but the thing is, like, I think that the guy with the, with, like, the pencil it guy, I think he's more of the artist because that's just coloring it. Like, coloring in it. Well, no, that's a third thing. That's the colors. The inker is the one that draws the mm -hmm. black Wait, line. does he decide the colors? Yes, the colors. Oh, okay. Then he has good taste. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but you know what's funny? These are actually not the original colors. This has been recolored for, like, digital, you know, for, like, computers. But, uh -huh. but anyway, yeah, I think it's all good. So I'm glad that you like it for sure. Um, I like the artwork. I think it's cool. What did you, what did you think of Leapfrog? in this issue well i mean i wasn't really so interested in that guy mm -hmm. i think that my my focus was more on spider-man than leapfrog i didn't really right. like leapfrog to be honest he wasn't no. really an interesting villain to me i don't like it did you think he was funny yes <laughs> okay funny, Very funny, funny looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I really didn't write much on this one because I thought this was a mistake. No. I wrote more on the other one, though. Okay, well, we'll get to that one in a minute. But um, what did you think about the, the guy at the beginning, Knows Norton? Did you think he was cool? The, the guy Spider-Man is, like, chasing Yeah, like, taunting and stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I know that guy. He, he, was, he was the guy I was talking about at the beginning, like, trying to run from even even though, like, Spider-Man's, like, tapping him on the back of the head or everywhere he tries mm -hmm. to run. But honestly, I'm I'm gonna say he he was he was he was a funny little add-on in that. 
in the beginning. Okay. Yeah, with his with when when he pulled out the thing under his bed under the bed, I thought it was a violin case for a sec. I was right. really confused. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a trombone right. or something. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like so, very similar. I, I almost like like a money maker, a violin case. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So have you read any of the other issues like before or after this one or is this one you're just kind of jumping in reading? Well, I'm not really a like no offense, but I'm not really a comic nerd. <laughs> right. Oh, so, not like us. I right? just read these ones. <laughs> offense taken. <laughs> <laughs> but you did read uh, all the, all the Batman reason. comics. Yeah, right. but, but the, because Batman's interesting. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Marvel's nice, but Batman's better. Okay. Okay. Well, At the, least in my the reason opinion, why I, the reason why I ask is I just was wondering, like, did you feel like you were lost reading some of the stuff? Because this feels because this is like um, in the middle of a big story, yeah. right? Yeah. Because, so it's kind like, of kind of reading like a middle chapter of a story. So was it something that like you got when you came in? Because like I understand it because I've been reading so much of it, right? But yeah. I'm, so I'm curious to see, like, to know what a new reader would get from this comic. Well, here's the thing. I think that, like, when I that's exactly what I was thinking when I started it. I mm-hmm. started it, and I'm like, like, what? What was before this? But like, I don't know what he has to do to visit this guy's house. I don't know mm-hmm. what he had to do that. Maybe in the last one, it says I have to go visit this guy's house and get his violin case immediately, <laughs> or whatnot. Right. But, you know, I don't know what goes on before that. I know you said you can name every Batman villain, but what about Spider-Man villains? Like, do you know this guy, Thunderball? I don't know who Thunderball is. I know there's, I think he's Electro. Then there's Doc Ock, Black Cat, the Leapfrog guy, I guess. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there's a whole bunch. But you've you've never Scorpion... All those guys. Okay. Okay. You've never seen Thunderball then? No. But he, he, he's pretty cool looking though, eh? What do you think? Well, I don't know who he is. But he's on the he last is. page. He's the guy holding the crowbar and the and the uh, the wrecking ball there. On the last oh, page. Oh, that guy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so-so. Okay. okay. <laughs> so-so in coolness. I'd put about a five and a half out of ten. Okay. You're using your dad's rating system there. Uh, Julie, do you have any more questions for Monty about Amazing Spider-Man? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, would you give this to, having read it and having moderately enjoyed it, would you give this to a friend who hasn't read Spider-Man? Well, I'd give it to a comic friend. Like, my, like I have a friend that watches not only reads a lot of comics, but they're new ones, but he re- he watches every single movie. Like, he's watched every single Spider-Man, Avengers, what, what, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I give it to him, but not to anyone else. Just to him. <laughs> okay. Just, him. Just right. because you, th- you think that they, maybe he'd be more interested then? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And with that, <laughs> we're going to jump over... Take it from <laughs> ten to two. Ooh, we're gonna jump over to Josh's yeah. favorite Marvel team up. So right. uh, I'm gonna try to explain this one as quickly as I possibly can. <laughs> okay. Just because, like, I feel like if I spend too much time, I'm. It's just like it just feels just as drawn out as reading the comic itself. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, we start off with uh, Spider-Man swinging through the city and um, he fights some goons and it turns out that it was all just a ploy by this guy named Daniel Stare mm-hmm. or Stare or Stare I think it is. What do you like how did you guys read it? Uh, I read it Steer, but steer? honestly S T E Y R like who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Right. Um, so it turns out it's all just a ploy by this guy who owns a company called Steer Security Systems. And uh, they just wanted to get some webbing, uh, Spider-Man webbing, so they could do some testing on it. Um, and uh, we cut to Wonder Man, who, hit, who is there kind of doing some tests with Steer um, to see if their new cloth is durable. 
if it's as dur they're trying to make it as durable as spider-man's webbing um and uh later on we see that the the webbing dissolves and they don't have a chance to uh, uh actually do any tests on it so they decide to come up with this plan where they're going to lure spider-man in by saying that they're doing this demonstration where they develop this cloth that um, is stronger than Spider-Man's web, so he shows up so they can actually take the web again. Um, and, uh, of course, Peter Parker uh, is assigned by J. Jonah Jameson, who thinks it's going to be, you know, completely humiliating for Spider-Man that they've developed something stronger than him. So Peter Parker is assigned to go there and take pictures. And then from there, um, they start fighting Spider-Man so they can get the webbing and... Um, Wonder Woman and ends up like realizing that Stare is like manipulating him, and he the two of them like team up against him, and uh, one of his own guns, one of Steer's own guns, is about to kill a cop, and he jumps in front of the cop to take the bullet for him, and mm -hmm. that's where this kind of ends: is Spider Man and Wonder Man kind of ending up in the same situation of not gonna you know not getting the money that they wanted and they're both kind of down on their luck and <laughs> yeah it's it's not super great it's not awful either like it's not like one of the it's not one of the like marvel team-up issues where i'm like what is happening here right. these two well, characters aren't connected and the stories don't like like these characters shouldn't be together or or you know the story their stories don't combine nicely mm -hmm. in the comic i think that they like it feels natural this could be this this could not be a marvel team up and still make sense like right the character being here feels pretty natural to the story but it's not very good it's just kind of boring and, and weird he has the bad guy has really weird motivations like steer wants to make this like armor to okay. deflect bullets because a cop saved his life once and he wasn't wearing a bulletproof vest that was assigned to him because it was too heavy. <laughs> so he just like skipped protocol and so now he feels like guilty and wants to make this like bulletproof armor that's super lightweight for cops. And it's so weird too because he's <laughs> all he the inspiration for using Spider-Man's webbing, he saw it in a photo. Yeah. And that to me, like, um, I agree that it's um, it's not as terrible as all of the other Marvel mm -hmm. team ups, but it's just as far reaching for plot points and motivation yeah. as some of it is. Like, he just happened to see this photo of Spider-Man using his webbing as a shield from bullets. So he's like, ah, that's what I'll make it out of. You know, not Kevlar. Right. Like I, every other light bulletproof I, vest. Actually, don't mind that personally okay. because um, I'll, the reason why though is because um, it's Peter's fault because he's <laughs> the one who took the picture, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's and and I think that it was maybe not last issue, but maybe the one before it. We see Peter you like specifically using his web as a shield, mm -hmm. and I think that they might possibly use that picture in that issue. Um, that he gives to J. Jonah Jameson. Like, that's the picture he gives to him. So it's kind of mm -hmm. interesting that Peter Parker's job uh, and, like, the way he makes money is the is his downfall as well as Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that they necessarily did a great job of explaining that in this issue. Mm -mm. But I kind of like that idea where, like, he, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like, you're either going to use this photo and get money for it, or a villain's going to use this as motivation to kill you <laughs> later. So it's kind of kind of fun, but, like, I, I do agree it's it's not really well executed, but I kind of see what they were going for. Oh, yeah. I think it's totally hilarious, too, that Wonder Man's like, oh, boy, Spider-Man doesn't have to deal with stuff like that. He just doesn't yeah. have to worry about it. It's like, oh, and then Spider-Man's like, oh, Wonder Man's so rich. He doesn't have to worry about right. stuff like this. Like, there's so many Wonder Man's an circle. actor, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like yeah. a stuntman. Well, here's the thing is, I actually thought this was one of the better issues. And it I'm assuming was. it's because it's mm -hmm. written by David Michelini, who went on to write Amazing Spider-Man for like 10 years. Uh, and he kind of was like, you know, the Spider-Man writer I read when I was growing up. So I definitely think it was better than most issues of, uh, of Marvel Team-Up. And 
The art's by Ron Friends, who's about to take over Amazing uh, in a few issues, and it's inked by Mike Esposito. So I definitely think the ink or the the inking is good. It's got a nice, not natural flow to it. You know, like if you look at digital page four, the shots of the goons running with their masks on, it's got a, it's got a really nice clean line to it. Um, so yeah, I really like the art. Like yeah, it was the plot. I don't know. I thought the plot was fine. Like it was actually pretty smart. The villain mm-hmm. had a logical motivation. He wasn't acting like a a mustache twirling bad guy, you know, the kid, a logical motivation. And I mean, wonder man is the probably w- the worst character in the entire Marvel universe. So that's a strike <laughs> against it. But yeah. you know, why, why does he ride around in a giant inflatable like boat? I doesn't have, it look like a, doesn't it look like a, like a safety boat? Uh, it does. Like an emergency inflatable tube. Like it's just, well, also well, to be fair. I think he stole it. I think he stole it from Steer. Maybe. Oh, I don't yeah, know. yeah. Like, true. he commandeered it slash borrowed it. Okay. <coughs> but Excuse also, me. can we can we talk about um, the fact that he has the one of the worst costumes I've ever seen. And of the, of the many costumes Wonder Man has, this is the best one. If you just Google really? Wonder Man costume, he has got at the... Ugliest array of costumes, usually with a color scheme of red, green, and yellow, and they are all horrendous. Okay, I don't. But anyway, another crazy thing is when I was, um, we were going through like some old Spider-Man issues when we started, and there was an annual where they showed like um, kind of a chart of all the different Marvel characters and how strong they were. And Wonder Man was right near the top, underneath the Hulk and Thor and whoever. And I'm just like, what a waste of you know. A good power set on a guy like this, but anyway, that's just me. <laughs> did you did you guys find those costumes? Yeah, some of them are not super great. Some oh. of them are fine. Like some of them kind of look like like Robin. Yeah, then, well, I think Robin. Other ones like this one's like it looks like he's got argyle all the way across his chest. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, just the red and green motif is very Christmassy. I don't know right. why I thought that that was going to be an okay color scheme. With like, gold, too. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a red, green, and gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, uh, the reason Wes Craven chose red and green for Freddy Krueger's sweater is because those are the hardest colors for the brain to process together. So that is why oh. when I look at his costume, our brains are telling us it's ugly <laughs> because he chose, they chose those colors. But anyway, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, like um, I don't really have much to say about this issue. It's it's obviously not as good as amazing, but I definitely thought it was fine. I enjoyed the story. I might read it again. So I'm going to give it a mild recommendation. Uh, GI Julie, what about you? Um, if you're going to read a Marvel team up, an issue of Marvel team up, because you're curious about it, I would read this one. It's not mm-hmm. like um, fantastical. It's not like super out of the box uh, suspension of disbeliefy it's just like the right sort of temperature for something that is okay right um, right right but yeah. stellar in compared like in comparison to the rest of the marvel tina uh marvel team up books um this is the first time and i have to say this this is the first time that we get a team up that isn't um it's not unorthodox, but it makes logical sense why they've teamed mm-hmm. up in this book. And this is the first time I can, I feel like I can say that. Like, right. a, a character within the story driving the plot put these two characters together and it makes sense. So I definitely recommend only this book so far if you are curious about Marvel Team Up. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're a fan, <clears throat> pardon me, if you're a fan of the writing, David Michelinie also did a huge run on, on Iron Man, the Demon of the Bottle story and the Armor mm-hmm. War story. So he's definitely a good, a really good Marvel writer. So and there's more to come from him. So definitely a step up from the usual fare from Marvel Team Up. Yeah, this is kind of what I want Marvel Team Up to be. Like, yeah. right? I, I want to see, I want to see two characters that belong together in a story, like, and the story makes sense as to why they're together. Right. Having having the unorthodox characters like like being forced in a story together is fun, but it has to make sense and it has to be believable that they're there. Mm-hmm. Like 
before with like Doctor Strange showing up. Like it really felt like Spider-Man was pushed into a different story, and there's no reason for him to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. Where this, like the two characters, really meshed well, and the story was like appropriate for what was going on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I I think I also give this a mild recommend. Yeah, like the <laughs> attempt to even draw parallels between. Uh, their storylines as characters uh, towards mm-hmm. the, uh, at the end, not towards the end, was like a testament to the actual good writing. So, right, yeah. So yeah, it only took the forty-one issues, but we got a really good <laughs> issue of Marvel Team Up. Um, they and got it right-ish. Right, and now there haven't been very many before this. No. Um, now we're going to jump to um, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, and G.I. Julie, would you care to summarize this issue? Would I care? No. <laughs> Must I? Fine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to be as brief as possible because the plot is pretty brief. Um, it starts out with somebody who we suspect is probably the Hobgoblin, um, you know, doing some stuff in his lab. Who knows? And he's just muttering about the Green Goblin the whole time. I'm not sure what happens before this. I've missed a couple issues, but um, this really just becomes a tale of, okay, cool. Hobgoblin is going to do what the Green Goblin could never do, which is destroy Peter Parker. Fine. Motivation set up. Okay, cut to Peter Parker in his life, and he's going to, like, sort of like um, a diaper party slash shower slash baby thing for Liz and Harry at a restaurant. Is this the ba- the one where they have the baby shower? Yes. Yes. They're mm-hmm. celebrating the birth or the announcement of uh, Liz and Harry's son. So... Um, there's kind of just like drama between uh, the Flash and somebody who I'm assuming is Asian. Well, you mean Flash Thompson, right? Yeah, Flash Thompson. Okay. What other Flash? Well, no, you said the Flash. You made it sound like it's, you know, the fastest man alive, the Flash. Uh Oh, no, no, not that Flash, this Flash. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. When they call him Flash, I just always just put like the in front of it. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so her name is Shaw Shan. Yes. I don't, I've never heard of this character. I've never seen her yeah, before I don't think this. I have either. He, and, they definitely date for years, but this might be an early appearance. I'm not sure. One of her first appearances. Cool. Well, it's nice to see maybe somebody who's yellow in a comic mm-hmm. um, who's just a Peter Parker friend. Because, you know, so far it's only been white people living in New York. Um, but anyway, there's just this like they allude to some drama between this Flash and his girlfriend. They don't over elaborate, but it ends with um, sort of like the, an encounter with Mary Jane, mm-hmm. um, where she. There is a potential, like, I feel like they're planting a small seed of hope for Mary Jane and Peter to be together. And that's where that ends, because Peter gets his usual guilt and is like, oh, yeah, Black Cat. So, um, you know, cut to him swinging around the city thinking about ladies as her usual and it's more like a i find that spectacular spider-man is more like a psychologically driven book it's mm-hmm. all thoughts about women um but it just turns into um the rest of the book the plot is driven by um what he's going to do peter parker with black cat um because up mm-hmm. until this point she like sh- he was going to expose himself to her but he didn't um, and she seems to want to commit fully to him. She's in love with Spider-Man, which is weird because she doesn't know who he is. It, it just seems really strange to me that your persona is in love. It's like a video game thing. Um, mm-hmm. when your persona is in love with this person's persona and you're going out on dates. They go out for a romantic candlelit dinner and then they get into like a boss fight with the hobgoblin Mm -hmm. that um is totally uh emasculating 
it just it depowering for Black Cat right. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly, she's no longer a strong woman. She doesn't know what she she knows what she wants, but she's just getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this issue is like a slow nosedive for the relationship between Spider Man and Black Cat. Mm-hmm. It was there's just something dour that. Like there's a black cloud hanging over the last part of this book that I can't get over and that I haven't fully reconciled yet, but that's really just how it ends. Like she flubs up, uh, she flubs up um, something, you know, that Peter Parker was going to do to catch the green, or sorry, the hobgoblin. Right. Uh, but because she does that, the hob the hobgoblin gets away. And then... That's the end of the book. Mm-hmm. It ends strangely. And it's like, you smell something coming for Felicia that's not great. Yeah, it definitely has a weird ending because the other the subplot is, is that we thought that she had bad luck powers, which, by the way, I never understood in any character. But then she says, oh, no, no, that was always a trick. I would, like, go ahead to all these battles and uh, I would figure things out beforehand and that, but, but that's why I didn't do so well against Dr. Octopus because I didn't have a chance to kind of like pre-plan the fight. I mean, I think luck powers are ridiculous, but I'm assuming this is um, Bill Mantlo retconning a previous writer's attempt to give her real power. So that's kind of a weird thing anyway. But then at the end of the issue, like Jolie said, it kind of just ends with the hobgoblin getting away. I don't know why he just leaves when he was winning the fight anyway, but he kind of just flies away. And then Black uh, Black Cat is like, you're blaming me for losing him, aren't you? But I only leaped in to save you. Doesn't that count for something? And it's it's kind of a weird ending, but it's I don't know. I really did not enjoy this issue. Really? Um, I thought it was fine, but yeah, go ahead. I, I it was just, terrible. I, I, like, I just felt like it was just way too melodramatic. I felt like what Peter Parker was feeling from the beginning and the middle of the the comic contradict each other like he's complaining that like they even have the same exact panel when describing it so on original page 10 in the middle of the the page we have spider-man uh holding up his arms and he's Mm -hmm. like separating peter parker and all the women who (laughs) he has ever been interested in and he says in fact more often than not it was Spider-Man who kept me away from my lady um, and my ladies apart. Uh-huh. And then a few pages later on page 12, it's Peter Parker separating Spider-Man and Black Cat. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he's separating them is because he doesn't want to reveal his identity. But earlier on, he said that's what the problem is. It's that it's that he, it's he's leaving. He's leading two different lives and black cat is asking him to stop that and to reveal who he is and stop having two different lives so they could be together and be happy like mm-hmm. he can be he could be spider-man and felicia's boyfriend but he's stopping himself from doing that and it just feels like he's complaining about one and then complaining about it being the opposite like he, he's he's not satisfied either way mm-hmm. well it's just kind of annoying, I, it's I, like, I guess. Yeah, it's like, there's this gold bar in my left hand, but it's just a bit smaller than this gold bar in my right hand. I don't want either of them. Like, I don't... Right. Whiner. Well, Whiner. Uh, go ahead, Josh. And, and then him just being, like, a complete jerk by the end of it with Black Cat. Um, uh-huh. uh, like, you know... I could have had him if it wasn't for you, cat, kind of thing. And then, I mean, even earlier on, he's kind of like cold, like cold to her when, mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course he's happy and taps on the window when she's completely naked in the tub. <laughs> and then when they start making out and he's happy, and then she's like, "Hey, can you, you know, lift up the mask above your eyes, please?" No, no, mm-hmm. no, no, I can't do that. I must keep Spider-Man and, and Peter separated. But, like, earlier he's complaining. Like, I don't know. It's just, like... Well, yeah, it is melodramatic. Yeah. It is forced. And, like, you're right. The parallels between the two images of him pushing don't quite match up. It's like Bill Mantlo wants them to be more profound than they actually are. 
Um, right. I do I do think this little visual gimmick was stolen from Steve Ditko because he would do the same thing where he would have like a ghost image of Spider-Man holding apart mm-hmm. Peter Parker from his supporting cast. But it was probably more justified in those stories than it is here. But I don't mind it. Um, I don't like the way the black cat thing uh, peters out, but... I love the way I love the way the, oh, I love the way the issue starts out with it's like a B movie you know like Hobgoblin is looking to get the secret formula to get the the Green Goblin powers I love all that stuff I love the way it's all set up the art is actually pretty decent considering it's Al Milgram again but a, a lot of it's probably saved by the inks of uh, Jim Mooney um, we get you know more of the the soap opera stuff with the supporting cast which is fine um, and then again. I, I, I don't know. The fight is the whole the, the fight scene with Hobgoblin isn't great, but the art's fine. The storytelling is good as usual, and I think it's just that I I like the vibe that Spectacular has, especially since it's so different from Amazing. And so for that reason, I don't know. I enjoyed this issue. Like, I mean, there's a few weaknesses, but I don't see this being much worse than any average issue of Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it was about this issue. Like, maybe it's just because like, what is Hobgoblin doing there fighting them? Like, it just, like, he uh, shows think... up to be, like, <laughs> I'm evil. And then, mm. like, he, like, breaks a building and then flies off. Like, right. Is there, like... Well, he... He, he has yeah. Black Cat, and then he goes, and Spider-Man swings in and saves him and punches him in the face. I... And then he kind of just zooms off after that, right? I think he wants to test his new strength, but, um... His new strength and his madness, because let let's let's be reminded that being soaked in that <clears throat> chemical also leads to madness, psychological madness. Right. Like, right. Is is the overarching theme of Spectacular Spider-Man just like just really strange, like cerebral? Well, I don't get it. I think it's an he attempt. also wants to. He also wants to finish what the Green Goblin started, right? Like his whole right. thing is. I want to finish what the Green Goblin started. I want to kill Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Correct? Uh-huh. I think so. Yeah, that's what makes no so, sense. Like, I beat you. Now so I'm going to leave you alone and beat you right, another day. He, he shows up. He, he even says, now while they stand dazed, Hobgoblin shall away. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> like, a, what? like a medieval <laughs> minstrel. Finish it. No like, finish them off. What are you doing? Kill Spider-Man. Right. Like, this is your it... whole thing. Better yeah. yet, it's like, you have you have his love interest and your foe. Just kill them both. You're evil. Kill them. It's well, yeah, but this unfortunately this applies to ninety percent of all superhero comics. You're right, the bad sure. guy, even in Batman, it's like Joker in a recent story. He found where the Batcave was, but then he didn't go in because he didn't want to discover Batman's real identity. Screw you! Make him actually scary and make him try to kill Batman. That's scary, mm-hmm. you know. And my it, whenever yeah. the villain gets that far and then backs off, I don't know. It really irritates me. But you kind of have to have to suspend disbelief a little bit, I think. Oh, unfortunately yeah. in this genre um is that for that comic book now are we gonna move on to the next one yeah now we're gonna <laughs> now we're gonna move on <laughs> so you didn't read marvel team up but you did read the one with hobgoblin right peter parker yeah that's that's i read that one and the one before that but i didn't read the third one i just read two of them okay so let so tell us monty what is your review of peter parker the spectacular spider-man number 85 okay so there's a there's a lot of th- this one had like fancy words I didn't know about like I didn't know what swankiest meant like mm-hmm. what is this is the swankiest lunch spot in the town I don't know what swankiest means is that like an eighties term for like fancy or something yeah pretty yeah. much okay well that's that but then the <laughs> real thing I had a really big question about. Is why is Spider Man with the black cat? I don't know what 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 that what that's about. Who wants to explain this one? <laughs> well, it's complicated. Well, <laughs> Did you expect him to be with someone else? Well, I since I I have I had this storybook when I was really little of Spider Man stories, but I my mom would read it to me, mm-hmm. and there was this one where like in all of them he 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 uh met like mary jane or something like that i would think he'd be with mary jane or some people call her like mj or something i would think he'd be with her mm-hmm. Not, like, 
Well, here's a secret. I also was very confused by the the pairing of the two of them because I thought she was a villain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But because in because in all these other comic books she's like she hates she doesn't really hate him. She just like is 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 his enemy. Mm-hmm. But the but then but then out of the blue she falls in love with him. It's just like <laughs> not normal for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I never would expect that to happen. No, so I'm looking at Josh and Mike here to explain what well, is up. Basically, for, like at this point, Peter Parker was split up from Mary Jane. Uh, in the early years, he had many different girlfriends. He dated Liz Allen, uh, Betty Brant. You know, I don't know who Betty Brant is. I know who Liz Allen is and Mary Jane. I know who the Black Cat is, but I never would have suspected the Black Cat. What about Gwen Stacy? Have you heard of Gwen Stacy? I've heard of her. I just didn't. Wait. Yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah she was in a bunch of the movies, a few of the movies. Wasn't uh, she also- like that Spider Girl person? Well, that's a long story, but yeah, she's also her. Yeah. <laughs> that's a longer story. But, um, so yeah, so uh, Peter Parker at this point was dating a girl named Deborah Whitman, and then she went away, and then now he's kind of dating Black Cat. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm trying to, it helps me explain things. But anyway, um, so yeah, at this point he was not with Mary Jane, but they were trying, all of his friends were trying to set him up with Mary Jane, even though he didn't really want to be with her. So that's why that's rude. Happened. Yeah, it is really right. <laughs> just bugging into his, his life. Like, what do they care? <laughs> I agree. Okay, so now what about the Hobgoblin? Are you familiar with the Hobgoblin? I'm familiar with the Green Goblin, but I, I, I did kind of like how Marvel added in a copycat villain. I mean, like, I've heard of, like, like I want to master his work or something like that. But I've never heard of one in Marvel or DC. Maybe there's one I don't know about, or maybe there's many I don't know about, but this is the first time I've heard that. Okay. Okay, well, did you, have, did you have any more notes there for this issue? Well, actually, I have a lot of notes. It's just, okay, go ahead. Now I don't think they're like... Let me, let me see. Here's the other one. I like the artwork in this one, too. I think, but this one also was very cheesy. <laughs> It was really too cheesy, mm-hmm. and it focused more, again, on his social life than actual superheroes, which was also really, mm-hmm. really nipped me in the, in the head. But they, they also used a lot of fancy words. They didn't really dumb it down. They, 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 they used some nice, some nice words here and there, like not like, not like Spider-Man's going to go to this place to kill this guy. They were like, Spider-Man. Will sneak into the the hobgoblin hideout, but they didn't really say that. But I'm just making an example. Sure, mm-hmm. I got you. I, we know what you mean. Yep. Like they don't, they don't, they don't mess around with words because nowadays, if I if I go to like I like my friends always say this, I use words that are too complicated. Like <laughs> even then, they don't. The like I'll say complicated, they won't know what complicated means. Well, they will, but like. Something like, um, let me think of a word. Something like, uh, like a, they won't know what foe means. They don't know what foe means. So Some of them don't know what theory means. Like, no, you, get, you get my point. Well, let's get back to your notes. <laughs> it sounds like you got a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. notes. I want to hear them. Well, I don't have a lot to go. I just have some to go. Okay, well, let's okay. hear some of them then. <laughs> okay. Wait. Oh, anyways, but the thing is, like, when I would look at a new comic, and let's say the comic you gave me to read, mm-hmm. I, like, actually, I have one right here I was reading. Wait, this was the one I was reading. So when you say new, you mean, like, current, like, something you would pick up um, that was just yeah. released? Yeah, okay. It was... It was like this one, okay? I can't find the Batman one. I probably left it upstairs because I was okay. reading it. But let's say you see this oh, this artwork right here. Yeah. How it's like how the like the comic even they use a different like kind of paper. It's like shiny and stuff. Mm-hmm. And 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 look at that artwork. That doesn't look old fashioned to you, right? No. Exactly because it was released 
Well, recently. Yeah, I because guess. they're using computers for the coloring and all that stuff now, and now they have shiny paper. But back in the 80s, they didn't have that. Like, yeah. it was a very complicated process. Even to have four different colors was really complicated, so. They had, like, what, seven, maybe eight different, wait, actually, probably, like, 11 different colors in there. Well, I'm sure with computers, there's infinite or not. Yeah, was, right. You but. could like you'll you'll find like the, I, I I find these people in my school that are like and even my sister because she she's really good at like painting and stuff. Mm-hmm. She she is like this is um this is sandstone yellow or <laughs> orangish blue, <laughs> okay. and then I'll see the blue. And I'm like that's not orangish at all. But he's like if you really use your eyes. To just gaze into there, you could see a bit of orange, and I'm like, no orange. But but she, you know how those all those fancy colors like periwinkle, right. sure. cerulean. Yeah, I know what cerulean is. That's actually my favorite color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not so, one to talk. I know what cerulean is. <laughs> So, like, what? How would you compare, like, this issue that we just read compared to the new one that you've the been reading? One? Like, yeah, do you like, w- like, what do you like about each, and like, well, which one do you think is better? Okay, well, to be honest, I think that the new ones are better. Well, everyone, but I think the new ones are better. the The good thing about the old ones, though, is that that you don't really. You don't really read those nowadays, but if you read them, you you get like you know a bit of an old fashioned. You get to see art from mm-hmm. the '80s. Wow, this is a museum art from the '80s. But you get to see old fashioned comic book art. You also get to see really cheesy, cheesy words used like "I shall shoot him with my web shooters" or, um, mm-hmm. like my. To be honest, my favorite my favorite Marvel villain is Doctor Doom. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, you you get what I mean because the new ones. I'll I'll actually read a line from it. I'll see. <laughs> I'll, watch this. Mm-hmm. These monsters today, presumed to be mythical, belong to our well. That 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 sounds like it came straight out of the Bible. Um. <laughs> well. <laughs> Well, you don't, you don't find that in old things. In old things, you say, I will use the power of the Green Goblin, or I shall possess his power, or something like that. Now, no while they stand dazed, Hobgoblin shall away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know there's that there's a lot, earlier, a lot better, better, better wording for the new ones. As right. And well, obviously nicer looking artwork, but that's because they have computers. I personally prefer the older style artwork, but that's just me. That's, uh, just, that's just your opinion, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That's why we're here, right? And as far as the writing, um, a lot of these writers were imitating Stan Lee, and Stan Lee loved William Shakespeare. So I think they all tend to kind of write like William Shakespeare. You're familiar with him, right? Uh, yeah, I know who Shakespeare is. Right. And you've probably read maybe the King James Version of the Bible at one point with all their V's and thou's and all that stuff, right? Well, I know he has. He uses the word these and thou's, and I've heard of the King James Bible. I just never read it. Okay, okay. I'm not a Bible. I'm not a reader. Yeah. Okay, like, okay. As somebody who enjoys good stories, I think he actually might like, like, might like the King James, Monty. Will <laughs> I? Okay. Probably. Yeah. Is uh, sure. Uh, I'm which to, I'll try and which read book it. has all the fire and brimstone in it? Well, Revelations. Revelation. Yeah. Just, there you go. Start with the last one. It's the most exciting. I mean, what have I read? I've read Mr. Limoncello's Library. That was a pretty good book. I mean, I'm I'm not really a book reader. I've read like a few chapter books in my life, but only a few. (laughs) I read this because I thought this would seem fun. No, no, Uh (laughs) and it is it is fun. I I I've the wrong poor choice of words. It is fun. (laughs) We're glad you enjoyed yourself. Is I did enjoy myself. Any more notes you want to share with us? Is that it? Okay. Here's a note. <laughs> okay. Out of ten, it was about a six and a half, both of them. Six and a half. Six and a half, okay. Six point five. Ooh. Not 
not perfect, but higher than what I would have scored it. <laughs> All right. Oh. I, I didn't think anyone would score lower than me. Oh, no. I, too, I, am not here for the melodrama and flowery text. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of this one either. Um, I, and Mike's a, just the one guy that likes it. Yeah, yeah. I was a Mike. fan, and but uh, but the Amazing Spider-Man one, the other one we read was the best by far, for sure. I honestly think the this one was better than the other one, but that's just your opinion, dude. <laughs> you got that right. Okay, so I guess that wraps up our discussion. I'm very glad we managed to get through to Monty today. We didn't want all those notes to go to waste, right? Yeah, wouldn't want all those notes to go to waste. Those were. <laughs> Those were great notes. Total gold. They sure were. Totally good notes that you can <laughs> you can benefit from in your future. <laughs> I think we will. Okay, so we'd like to thank Monty for joining us. We, we want to thank G.I. Jolie for joining us. Oh, and mother. Josh, you can take it from here. Sure. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, it really helps when you leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, or you can drop us a line on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, you can find us at, on Twitter at, at HCT SpiderCast. Uh, so, yeah, please keep in touch. You can pretty much find us anywhere you can find podcasts. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much. All right. Not, not yet, Monty. First, wrap it up. But I got to say one final thing. Keep reading those Aquaman comics. I think you'll like them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm into Batman, I'll be into Aquaman. You got that right. Okay. So until next Monday, this has been Here Comes the Spider Cast. All right, see you then. Bye. 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 Okay. I'm the best part.